Richmond, WTPS, Petersburg. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. This is what you need to know. Fear reigniting another possible COVID-19 outbreak in Major League Baseball. A Reds player tested positive for the coronavirus yesterday, putting today's game against the Pirates in jeopardy. That likely postponement could extend to Sunday and beyond because of the incubation period. Reds now begin the contact tracing process and are likely to undergo increased testing. Today will mark the first time since July 29th the Cardinals play a game following their own COVID-19 outbreak. Today's doubleheader against the White Sox, one of 11 doubleheaders St. Louis has in its remaining schedule. And the team has one main concern, explains ESPN's Jeff Passan. Ensuring that its pitchers come back and remain healthy. There is, of course, the mental issue of having to play that many games in that many days. There is the physical issue. But as we've seen this year, with as many injured list placements as there have been already over the first three and a half or so weeks of the season, making sure that their pitchers ramp back up at a reasonable pace is the M.O. Our Jeff Passan, Trailblazers, Grizzlies meet in the NBA's new play-in tournament today. They're vying for the West final playoff spot up for grabs, 2.30 Eastern, ABC, and the ESPN app. If the Blazers win, they get a first-round matchup with the Lakers. If Memphis wins, it takes on Portland again tomorrow with that winner advancing to play Los Angeles. Stanley Cup playoffs, Bruins not yet sure if they'll have injured star forward David Pasternak in Game 3 against the Hurricanes today. He'll be a game-time decision. He did miss Thursday's loss. That series is tied up 1-1. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Mornings, coming August 17th to the all-new ESPN Radio. voice for racing and breeding in the mid-Atlantic on the web at theracingbiz.com on the radio on ESPN Richmond it's off to the races here's Nick Hahn it was some late breaking news that surfaced yesterday afternoon the meet at Colonial Downs canceled and a press release out uh, by Colonial Downs announcing that yesterday. Uh, this morning, we'll have John Marshall here in a few moments, uh, Senior Vice President of Colonial Downs. And we'll have Daryl Wood here in moments. He's been on the scene at Colonial Downs throughout the whole meet. Scott Silver. The agent for Trevor McCarthy will join us a little bit later, and we'll have leading trainer Mike Stidham on the show uh, as well. Uh, Those guests were already planned uh, before the news broke out, but um, very disappointed. want to lead off just kind of um, to express my um, heart with the horsemen here in Virginia who have uh, worked all year uh, in terms of being prepared for this meet, many of them focused. You heard the lead-in with um, what the B pointing the Camp Town stakes, a good moment from the 2020 meet, a repeat winner, stakes winner at Colonial Downs at 6-1. to one. Uh, The horse is always a long shot, always seems to win at Colonial Downs, and uh, that was for Eagle Point. Uh, certainly one of the outfits impacted. They don't race a whole lot regionally, uh, but they do handle a lot of horses, and they focus on this meet at Colonial Downs, and, and now that meet has been 
been cut short. It has been a beleaguered meet at Colonial Downs as weather and power outages uh, and now COVID is uh, Frank Vespi, who we'll have later on as well, uh, cited in his report. Um, it could work through a lot of the natural issues, uh, but this is just something not to play with. And it was a decision made by all the stakeholders. Uh, haven't made all the rounds completely, but uh, just the feedback that I've been receiving so far, this was a joint decision between the Horsemen and Colonial Downs. They were falling behind in terms of just getting racing days in um, with the hurricane uh, that came through, uh, the weather, uh, the heat, um, you know, just so much impacting the meat. So um, certainly feel bad for the Horsemen. Uh, reached out to a couple others. Uh, at least they have this residency program that will help prop them up um, through this interim period. And they vowed, as, as we'll read the press release here in a little bit, uh, to that Colonial Downs release to um, to be back stronger in 2021. So um, disappointing result to the meet. Uh, but something that just could not um, move forward in the eyes of the stakeholders. Daryl Wood joins us on Off to the Races this morning. And, uh, Daryl, we were talking to each other, just trying to get confirmation on the news uh, late yesterday yesterday afternoon um, of the meet, and we learned it a little bit after we got off the phone. Uh, Certainly a disappointing result. Um, We do have the harness meet uh, coming up in September, uh, which is still on track. So, uh, you know, there'll still be live racing in Virginia. There'll be more races, um, you know, but the safety of of the jockeys and uh, all the personnel involved in racing came first here. And um, sorry to bring up this subject on a Saturday morning uh, on off to the races. Daryl, Maybe just some thoughts on the news. Yeah, and I think, uh, Nick, I know you've got John Marshall coming up next, and I'm sure he'll probably echo this too, but it's sort of just, uh, you know, it's a blip on the radar. It's, uh, it's a growing pain, but uh, a hurdle that can be uh, passed. And, uh, you know, the future is uh, <laughs> as depressing as it, as it is this morning, uh, losing the last three-plus weeks of the season. Um, with, the, with the Rosies uh, back in operation around the state, uh, the growth of uh, Rosie's up to Dumfries up in Northern Virginia here, uh, either later this year or early next year. Um, you know, the purse money that was saved this year from not running the last three weeks, it, it should make for even a, a, a more robust 2021, hopefully virus-free, more racing dates, uh, purse levels back at the $500,000 level. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it hurts to not have the Virginia Derby. You know, that's that's the... That's the day of the year that everybody looks forward to in racing in the Commonwealth. We went six years without a derby between 2013 and 2019, and, and the hope was that we were going to, you know, enjoy ours here September 1st. But uh, but not to be, but, uh, you know, again, looking forward to a, a more robust 2021, hopefully. Yeah, certainly if there's a state that knows how to succeed in racing without actually having live racing in the, st- in the state, it's, it's probably Virginia. We did it for so many years before Colonial Downs, and we do it for a large portion of the year. You know, it's, it's quality. It's not necessarily quantity in Virginia. It's among the breeding and the racing altogether. But uh, just reading the statement here from that was released, uh, Colonial Downs Group places the health and safety of our team, partners, and visitors as our top priority. We established thorough protocols prior to the 2020 racing season to address any issues that may arise from the coronavirus pandemic. As a result of recent test results at the track in New Kent County and in abundance of caution, Colonial Downs is canceling the remainder of the 2020 meet. In our decision, we collaborated with the Virginia Department of Health which involves the Chickahominy uh, Health Department, uh, the local health department there, the Virginia HBPA, the Virginia um, Race, and the Virginia Racing Commission. We've communicated the outcome to all participating parties. We sincerely appreciate everyone's cop cooperation and support. This was a difficult decision, but the best one for Virginia's racing community. We have already started making plans for the 2021 meet at Colonial Downs and are optimistic for a safe return in a better health environment for our nation, state, and community. That was the this, this statement uh, released by um, 
Mark Hubbard of who represents the Colonial Downs group. The, um, you know, just of the meat that was there, I mean, there were good days. Trevor McCarthy won five on opening day. Um, you know, certain we reflected on the win of what the beep, um, to open the show. What, what are your, you know, what will you take away from 2020? Well, it was, it was like you said, how, how dominating, uh, Trevor McCarthy, the jockey uh, that actually, uh, you know, got COVID was early on. And, you know, it, it seems like it seems like months ago the Todd Pletcher won three races at Colonial Downs. It was actually opening week, but it, it, with all the, the the weather issues and lightning delays and COVID issues and and everything else, it, the, it seems like it was a long, long time ago, and it was just three weeks ago. But we got a chance to see some some good names uh, appear at Colonial Downs. Uh, the, the running in the evening, the the, the just the summer setting, um, and I know fans weren't allowed trackside. Uh, outdoors this year, but um, it, it, it's a great time with with the great cloud formations and sunsets. It just makes for a, a very picturesque uh, evening. Some nights with with great racing going on over the uh, over the turf course. But but again, uh, we'll see what John says about the the meet for 2021. Uh, if he wants to keep it in the summertime or maybe uh, toy with uh, tinkering with dates a little bit. But great memories. Um, and and yeah, we got We got to move on. Yeah, it, it, got to keep working through this. Just, just one note on on Trevor McCarthy, uh, as he was the first one that was publicly tested for, and 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 you know surfaced that that he had this. He what kind of, just to kind of explain the explain the time frame here. He did not appear on Sunday for for mounts. Took himself off mounts um, because he wasn't feeling well. Actually felt fine Saturday night. Woke up Sunday morning with symptoms. And he did the right thing. He he removed himself. He he was trying to get tested. Um, you know, made all the certainly um, all the the um, all the the um, uh, issues and and you know was trying to do all the right things to to have the meat go forward and to have him return. He was very enthusiastic about Colonial Downs and racing here. He had spoke about uh, this meet, was looking forward to it for months. And uh, and so let's not just, you know, he did the right thing. Let's. I don't want anybody to cast blame on McCarthy for this. We don't know how this happened. Uh, we don't know if he's victim number one or victim number 10 in this whole thing is there were other tests that came up. So, um, you know, Trevor's a good guy, big supporter of the meet. And, uh, and and we'll find out more when we talk to Scott Silver a little later in the show, uh, you know, about his future plans. But, uh, Daryl, um, just wanted to kind of wrap this up before we get to John. Any thoughts? Yeah, Final funny, thoughts. Uh, talking about Trevor, I, uh, over the years of Colonial Downs, and you think about the good jockeys that really made a, a statement here, from the Edgar Prados to the Horacio Caramanoses to the Mario Pinos to the Fogo Songers, I'm not sure if we've seen a jockey has have an impact uh, like McCarthy has um, in those three weeks of running here, uh, just with the number of wins and how dominant he was and how uh, his favorites, uh, you know, he, he became the favorite so often and the payouts were $4 and, you know, three sixty and four twenty for a lot of his mounts. So just interesting, uh, you know, his presence here this year and, 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 and what's happened. It's just been a, an interesting story. And and we certainly look forward to to hearing more from from Trevor in the future, and and look forward yeah. to seeing his return in twenty twenty one. Daryl, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you up in the Shenandoah. Yeah, we'll see you in Woodstock here in a few weeks. Few weeks. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Daryl Wood on off to the races this morning. We're going to bring in now the um, vice uh, president of racing, uh, senior vice president at Colonial Downs, John Marshall. And, John, we read the uh, release earlier in the show uh, that announced the closure of the meet. You you must be disappointed. Uh, We appreciate you coming on the show this morning. It's not the easiest of circumstances to to talk publicly about racing when, when you have an event like this, but uh, we appreciate you coming on, and, and obviously you, you must be disappointed with 2020. Aren't we all, Frank? I mean, 2020 has affected, you know, every, everyone from, from every walk this year in many different ways. 
I mean, at Colonial Downs, you mentioned the release, and a lot of your listeners have read it already as well. It was a different, a very difficult situation, difficult decision under tough circumstances. But uh, we didn't make it alone, uh, which is good in horse racing. You always have partners that can help guide through, you know, tough times like this. Um, the horsemen, uh, the HBPA, had been great collaborating with them and the uh, Virginia Department of Health in this instance and the Virginia Racing Commission. Um, it was indeed a collaboration. And, um, you know, given, given the facts um, that we were managing through, it was the right call. Um, unlike other tracks that have encountered similar situations like Lone Star, Santa Anita, and Del Mar, at Colonial Downs, our track is not elastic enough to be able to absorb a break, right? So, you know, the other tracks have enough days to be able to take two weeks, regroup, um, retest, get everybody um, to where they need to be to restart. Unfortunately, with 18 days, having been six race days into it, there's not enough time for us to do that by the makeup of the meet. And that was a big factor in in making the decision that we did. Did the, uh, I mean, there were so many protocols and there was actually kind of a great spirit of, I don't know if, if volunteerism is the right word, but certainly, I mean, the, the few times I was able to get on the grounds and, and, and watch a little bit of racing, I did everybody, all the protocols seemed to be in place. Everybody seemed to be following the rules. You didn't see uh, anybody without a mask. If you did, it was only briefly, you know, for for whatever purpose. But, um, you know, there were a lot of protocols. It, it, the attitude going into the meet was, we will do anything as long as racing keeps move, you know, keeps happening here at Colonial Downs. It seems to seem to be spread. Can Maybe just a thought about you know your team going into the meet uh, have to be disappointed with with this outcome uh, among all the other crazy things that you had to deal with in terms of weather and power and heat and everything else uh, you know maybe just a thought about coming into the meet and how you how your team um, you know took this wasn't something taken light, lightly going into the meet not at all frank and and you're right our protocols are uh in place, and everyone was compliant and respectful of it. Everyone from uh, the stable area to um, the jocks room to the paddock to the racetrack, everybody wore their masks as they were supposed to. Um, spectator free was undoubtedly the right call and saved us a lot of headaches, um, you know, along the way, but that was totally the right call. But what I would add to that, Frank, is, I mean, we can all do the right thing during the six hours that we're together operating live racing. The uncontrollable part is the other 18 hours that um, people do at home. Um, They go home. They go about their lives. Um, Our protocols do not apply to those 18 hours. But when we get together for the six, they most certainly do, and everybody was supportive and compliant. It's unfortunate that you, know, you get that first index case, and then that triggers a sequence of events led by the Department of Health, um, who is very cooperative, by the way, very supportive, performed on-site PCRs for the jockey colony immediately, like next day. Um, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then those results unfold and the contact trace investigation begins. And that is out of our control as Virginia Racing Stakeholders outcome and analyze all the facts and the decision is what it was and definitely the right call. Um, Our protocols continue, though, um, as we... You know, move forward. I think everyone's protocols out there will. It seems as though this virus is going to be out there for a while. 
yeah, it's it's as as we're learning the hard way here in the horse racing world, especially here in Virginia. Uh, it's not something to be taken lightly. Maybe maybe just a word about 2021. I know it's early, <laughs> but uh, you know you're already th- thinking forward about it. You know, it, what do you hope? What's your vision moving forward through this? Oh, like everyone in the country, 2021 is a new year. Let's turn the calendar on January one. Um, I hope it works that way in terms of live racing. The work begins on Monday. Um, looking ahead to 2021 with the horsemen, with the racing commission, trying to see what the calendar looks like. Um, undoubtedly, the COVID effect has affected racing um, and race dates and race tracks and different schedules. We want to see where we fit. Um, everything's on the table in terms of time of year. Um, type of meat, uh, number of days. We know that we'll be targeting at least 21 to get started to see where those fit in. But again, open for discussion. We want to be excited about 21 and we want to come back at the same level that we started in 19, which was with a racing revival. I like to call it Virginia's racing re revival because we would love to really make a big splash and and make up for lost time in 2020 um, and, and cement racing back in the, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Well, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Sounds like 21 and 21 may be the battle cry in terms of days and uh, got, a, got a lot of work ahead for that. But, uh, John, we appreciate you taking time uh, on off to the races this morning and uh, spending some time. It, it's, it's a difficult morning, a difficult way to start the weekend. But uh, Colonial will be back. It always seems to come back. And uh, we're looking forward to... Uh, to racing when it does. Uh, appreciate you coming on this morning. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Frank. There we go. John Marshall speaking frankly on Off to the Races this morning. Want to recap, there was a big race uh, last week. We do not want to get completely lost in the um, demise of Colonial Downs for 2020 in terms of the live meet. Um, wanted to speak a little bit about the Traverse Stakes and what an impressive performance that was that was made there by horse on the lead. Uh, let's hear the stretch call of the Run Happy Travers run at Saratoga last weekend. And Tis the Law has the lead at the top of the stretch. It is Tis the Law in front with three sixteenths of the finish. Tis the Law has a four-length lead. He's left the others behind. It's Tis the Law. He won the Belmont Stakes. He's going to win the Run Happy Travers. And now it's on to Kentucky as the favorite in the Derby. Here he is, Saratoga's hometown hero, Tis the Law. Tis the law. Just when you thought the field of the Derby was catching up to him and you were looking at some horses to maybe challenge the favorite, he pulls off a performance like that. Uh, that was probably the most impressive win uh, this year in the on the three-year-old um, Derby scene, Triple Crown scene. I mean, what an impressive win. Barkley Tag, Sacatoga, Jack Knowlton and his group, congratulations on the win there. Wins by five and a half. I think he was, it was probably eight. I mean, that horse was clearly being th- throttled down and uh, probably couldn't have blown out a match uh, a furlong after the wire. Great performance by Tis the Law, and we're going to give you a little bit of a bonus stretch call here because it does involve uh, Virginia bread that may make the Kentucky Derby field. Uh, here is Sunday's Ellis Park Derby. Um, in, the, in the lead, uh, you will see our collector who left the gate with the lead and kept it with him all the way around the turn. He's on the lead as we pick up the call at the top of the stretch. He's off the turn with a length lead. Attachment rate still fighting hard from second. Back into third. It's Dean Martini and Necker Island down the center of the track. Tried and hit, but with a 16th left to go, it's the favorite art collector. Art collector. He won the bluegrass, and now he's going to add the Ellis Park Derby trophy to his gallery. And art collector is on to Louisville, and he won the Ellis Park Derby and won 48 flat. Yeah, our collector maybe making his case against his law, but what a, what a great performance of significance locally here to Virginia. 
uh, Mr. and Mrs. Oliven Islin uh, are the breeders, the Virginia breeders of attachment rate with his second plate finish, place finish there. He'll actually uh, earn enough points. I think he's 18th uh, in the Derby standing. So a spot for him in the Kentucky Derby starting gate if he wants it. Trailed, trained by Dale Romans, uh, sired by Hard Spun. Um, even though he doesn't run like Hard Spun, uh, some great lineage there. And uh, congratulations to those connections. Attachment rate, Virginia bred, appears to be heading toward the Kentucky Derby starting gate. We're going to take our first break on off to the races this morning. When we come back, we'll uh, speak with Scott Silver, the agent for jockey Trevor McCarthy. You're listening to Off to the Races. <laughs> VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Across Virginia, from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, from steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg, or Montpelier to point-to-point race action, on VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission approved industry partner sites TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, TwinSpires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Hey, this is Mitchell Bradley. You probably know by now that I really like golf. And 2020 marks the ninth year in a row that me and some of my closest friends will head to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for four days on the links. Again this year, I turn to the great folks at yourgolfpackage.com to plan our trip. I just tell them when I want to arrive, how many days I'm going to stay, the number of rounds we want to play, and then they take care of the rest. Jason, Craig, Parker, and the entire gang down there are experts when it comes to golf in their backyard. And they're giving away a free trip to one of our ESPN Richmond listeners. It's a two-night stay, including three rounds of golf with cart at some of the best courses anytime between this November and next March. Even if you don't win, you'll still be eligible to book your own getaway for just $249 per person. That's 30% off the regular price. To learn more and to register, download the ESPN Richmond mobile app and look for Myrtle Beach Golf Giveaway in the menu. Only the first 100 entries will be qualified, so do not wait. And if you want to book your own trip anytime, visit their website, yourgolfpackage.com. When you're in college, sleep is important. But thanks to your studies and busy schedule, you might not be getting as much rest as you need. That old mattress you've had since you were a kid, though, it's just not cutting it. Upgrade your sleep experience with a locally made, hand-built mattress from the original Mattress Factory. We offer a variety of mattresses, including twin extra long, to suit every comfort preference and to fit every budget. And we deliver right to you. Visit an OMF store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Our entire team would like to thank you for the support you have shown us over the last few months. The safety of our customers and employees remains our top priority. We have implemented safety measures in our stores, factories, and throughout the delivery process. We are monitoring the latest guidance from healthcare officials and local governments, and we will adjust our policies and services accordingly. Please visit OriginalMattress.com or give your local store a call to learn more about these measures. Live racing has resumed at Maryland Jockey Club. The summer 2020 meet is currently being conducted Friday and Saturdays at Laurel Park under the industry's most stringent health and safety protocols. Although Laurel Park is closed to the general public, fans can watch and wager on the action at LaurelPark.com and on the First Bet app, the official betting app of the Maryland Jockey Club. First race post time is 12.40 p.m. For more information on the summer 2020 racing schedule, visit www.laurelpark.com. Whether you're now at home or still in the car, it's your morning going with the sports huddle. Bob Black joins you 8 to 10 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Yeah, we're a little blue this morning. You'll have to pardon our blues as uh, the meet at Colonial Downs comes to a quick and sudden end. And, uh, yeah, we had uh, we were enjoying the meet despite all the uh, intrusions from Mother Nature. Uh, but uh, 
was a good meet for for some. And Trevor McCarthy was one of those. He was leading jockey of the meet, had 14 wins, including I think it was five on opening day, uh, and really relished uh, racing at Colonial Downs. Uh, br- Going to bring on the show here his agent, Scott Silver, who uh, kind of had to, to take command of the situation as it was uh, beginning last week. Scott joins us on Off to the Races this morning. Uh, good morning, Scott. Uh, Want to kind of lead off this segment of the show first by just asking, you know, how is Trevor doing? Uh, what's his his status? Um, you know, we understand that he was feeling little. He was feeling ill. Showed some symptoms uh, early in the week, but is feeling fine now. Is is that is that the situation with Trevor? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's feeling better every day, and, uh, you know, he had, uh, we were talking Saturday night, I guess it was last Saturday night, and he was feeling fine, we were talking about some of the races at Saratoga, and just goofing around, and, you know, uh, getting ready to ride the next day at Colonial, and um, he called me early Sunday morning, uh, like 6.30, which is kind of odd because we were, he didn't have nothing to work that morning. So I didn't answer. I was just getting up myself. And uh, he sent me a text to call him back. It's important. And uh, when I called him back, he had told me he wasn't feeling well. And I was like, oh, boy, this is not good. you know. And he was telling me that he was having some flu symptoms. So uh, I told him, you know, just to try and relax and, you know, try and feel better and, you know, don't panic or nothing. And, uh you know, he got a day's rest. He didn't feel much better the next uh, the next day. And then I would say by Monday afternoon, he was starting to feel better and uh, was going to try and maybe ride Tuesday if, you know, obviously he tested negative. And uh, he got tested Tuesday morning and found out that he was positive. So it was kind of, you know, you know, by that time he was feeling much better. So most of the symptoms had gone away. He had take, taken himself off the mounts on Sunday and Monday. Um, I mean, whether he just didn't feel good enough or, you know, it was just the overall responsibility of it all, he, he did make the right decision, uh, you know, basically isolating himself. How is uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch had just done a wonderful story, uh, Wayne Epps, with the reporting there about uh, Katie, his fiance. Um, how is she doing through this? You know, what is her status? A jockey at uh, Colonial Downs. Uh, she tested negative when he got tested on Tuesday morning, and uh, she has been feeling fine. So, you know, as far as I know, um, she's doing good as well. So I talked to Trevor this morning, and like I said, he feels really good. And uh, we're just talking about, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. And, uh, you know, it looks like um, if everything goes well and, you know, he gets continues to get better, we're going to try and shoot for Laurel for the 27th. As a, as a return date to, to, to racing. Yeah. Uh, Colonial was um, targeted by Trevor, for lack of a better word. He was... Very enthusiastic. He came down here, had a great meet in 2019, was looking forward for whatever, whether it's the turf or just the atmosphere, the rural nature of the track, the laid back, uh, you know, lifestyle that kind of goes with racing at Colonial as compared to, you know, more urban and, and big city tracks for uh, for that. Uh, you know, he, he's got to be disappointed that the, the meet didn't go through, that this had come up. Um, you know, but he was really looking forward to, to Colonial. Just kind of, we've had him on the show. We had him on before the meet. He was he was very enthusiastic about it. You know, just kind of his thoughts on on Colonial. At, you know, big picture. Um, he he really enjoyed being there last summer. Obviously, we had a lot of uh, success there. And uh, um, last year was kind of a, a funny way of going about it because we were riding, you know, Laurel in the daytime and and taking a taking a little uh, private plane to get there at nighttime to ride and going back and forth. So it was a little bit of helter skelter. But as far as riding there, he loved it. He loves the turf course. You know, he loved the people and they they treated him really good and. Uh, this year, you know, it was a little bit different situation because 
we had planned on just riding there, you know, with everything going on, you know, with only picking one racetrack to ride at and stuff. You know, it was just going to be a, you know, a nice three, four day a week thing and, and go in there and, and focus and, you know, uh, just ride there and and uh, enjoy it. And uh, it, it almost seems like things went so well the first week that you're saying to yourself, you know, just hoping and praying that nothing have, would go wrong. And then a week or, or a week later, uh, you know, we, we've gotten to this situation and it's like a, you know, complete 360, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, wow. You represent Tyler Connor. Uh, I think that's right. Don't, don't you uh, keep his yes, book I as have, well? I have, uh, I've had Tyler, uh, for a little part of the winter time down in Maryland and then, uh, we were doing some Delaware, and then uh, I had talked Tyler into coming to Colonial because I had a lot of business, and uh, I thought he would do really well. And he actually got off to a pretty good start, too. So it was, like I said, everything was going so well, and then it was like a hurricane. But when the hurricane came through with the weather, it almost, <laughs> it, it almost wiped everything out. You know, I was like, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's really tough times right now, and, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what to say any more about that, but it's it's just really hard. Is Tyler okay? Uh, I mean, no no risk there, or uh, he's good. He tested he tested negative. You know, he had a uh, negative result, so uh, he's back home in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I think he's going to start back riding. Uh, I think he's the, like the twenty sixth. I think he could start back at Penn, so he'll be back at home riding. Yep. Yeah. So the so the jocks here at the Colonial are are basically on on quarantine uh, at other tracks. Uh, w- yeah. Wanted to just wanted to did not want to get this point to get lost in all this. Um, while Trevor was maybe the first one to test positive, that does not mean he was the instigator in all this with with Colonial and especially Colonial, but it happens at other racetracks. They're kind of melting pots. You have people coming from Florida, Kentucky, New, the Northeast, uh, you know, to race it at Colonial Downs. Uh, you know, I just don't want that fact to get lost on uh, on this. Uh, you know, Trevor, Trevor is a good guy, and by no means should he be, you know, to blame for any of this. Um, no, you know, I think you, he, like you said, he was, he, was the, he was the first to get sick. And show symptoms, and uh, obviously, if he didn't, it might have, you know, like I said, nobody probably would have known anything about any other positives, because I don't think anybody else had symptoms that that had tested. But, you know, like I said, he was the first, obviously, to uh, that, that started, I guess. Yeah, well... We're going to miss Tyler. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him in 2021 down here and, uh, you know, share uh, our, th- our thoughts are with him through this. And we're looking forward to seeing him back on the racetrack. If, uh, you know, please share that with him, um, you know, from not only just me and off to the races, but just, you know, Virginia in itself. Uh, he's, he's a great ambassador for Colonial Downs. We look forward to having him back next year. Yeah, well, we we certainly enjoy being there, and uh, I'm hoping that 2021 is uh, is uh, better than 2020 as far as uh, what's going on in our in our health world. That's for sure. So. Yeah, certainly, certainly so. Scott Silver joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Appreciate you coming on. Okay, thank you. Great talking to you guys. Great. We're going to take a quick break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, leading trainer Michael Stidham. Off to the races. Ashland's Eagle Point Farm, located in Richmond's rich traditional thoroughbred country, an area that produced the immortal Secretariat. Eagle Point Farm graduates excel at racetracks throughout the Mid-Atlantic, but race at Colonial Downs with a home field advantage. Now managed by Karen Dennehy-Gotze, Eagle Point Farm is in its third generation of breeding, breaking, raising, and racing thoroughbreds. You can see why their 44-stall barn stays near capacity. Their developing horses train on a four-and-a-half furlong irrigated training track. Licensed trainers, experienced riders. In the return of racing at Colonial Downs in 2019, Eagle Point Farms captured the $100,000 Tyson Gilpin Stakes with What the Beep. It's What the Beep who comes up calling after the lead. English Harris tries to battle on toward the inside, but What the Beep has all the momentum, and What the Beep wins the Tyson Gilpin. 200 acres of paddocks, round pens, gallops, and care. 
Ask about the Virginia Certified Residency Program and have your thoroughbreds take flight at Eagle Point Farm in Ashland and online at eaglepointfarm.com. ESPN Richmond is an Urban One radio station, minority-controlled and operated, and serving the African-American community for over 40 years. This is 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Have you been to a Burlington lately? They have unbelievable deals on amazing brands and styles at up to 60% off other retailers' prices. No coupons or sales, just fabulous values every single day. It's a treasure hunt with new bargains arriving all the time and savings that'll surprise you. At Burlington, you get more for less, whether it's back to school, work, or just back. Now more than ever, you'll love the deals. You'll love Burlington. Laurel Park under the industry's most stringent health and safety protocols. Although Laurel Park is closed to the general public, fans can watch and wager on the action at laurelpark.com and on the First Bet app, the official betting app of the Maryland Jockey Club. First race post time is 12.40 p.m. For more information on the summer 2020 racing schedule, visit laurelpark.com. Ready for a getaway to the beach with three of your boys for some free golf? We're giving away a two-night, three-round trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thanks to your golfpackage.com. Download the new ESPN Richmond app for all the details and to qualify. Tee them up at the beach. Brought to you by Myrtle Beach Golf Trek. Yeah, woo, what a weekend. Not the weekend we were expecting for racing at Colonial Downs, on with us now is leading trainer of the meet. And uh, as it turns out, he'll be back-to-back leading trainers at Colonial with six wins on the meet, trainer Michael Stidham. Mike, uh, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was uh, yesterday we were talking uh, as we were just kind of lining up the interview, maybe a few concerns uh, heading into this upcoming week of racing, we did not expect uh, for this uh, to surface. But uh, you know, f- first off, you know, we're you know very sorry we won't be able to see your horses perform at Colonial uh, over the course of the next month. Um, you know, your your thoughts on a, a situation like this? It's it's very unprecedented. Uh, must be strange even to a veteran trainer like you. Without a doubt. I mean, we're all, um, I think we're all in uncharted waters, uh, right now with the, uh, with the COVID situation. Um, certainly we didn't expect this to happen when you think, uh, when you think about tracks like Gulfstream and, and Tampa Bay Downs that we're able to continue on with no, um, interruptions. So this was just very, very unfortunate situation that, um, that it turned out this way. I, I really don't know what to say other than very disappointed and, um, you know, just uh, glad that we're able to race uh, somewhere at this point. We were, uh, I think last year you predominantly shipped in for um, this, but this year you took out some stables. You you wanted to race here. You brought some horses. You targeted this meet, uh, certainly performing well. Um, you know, maybe just your thoughts of Colonial Downs uh, in this you know, twenty modern era, two point um, You know, what are, what are your thoughts of of the place, and and you know, what your experience have, have has been at Colonial so far? Well, our, our experience last year was a great experience. Not only did the horses run well, but we fe- we felt like it was a, a really good turf course, uh, a safe uh, dirt track, and and turf. Um, having two courses to run on. And, you know, we generally have a lot of uh, turf horses in our barn, so it made all the sense in the world to uh, 
you know, run at Colonial. And then uh, after having such a good year last year, we decided let's uh, let's bring some more horses. Let's actually stable there and and um, go at it uh, even stronger than we did the first year. And in the beginning, as you can see, uh, things were working out just as we planned, uh, winning six races uh, in, in only, I think, five or six days of racing. So we were very happy and, and then very disappointed that we weren't able to, uh, to continue on. But uh, we love the facility. We think uh, that they've been doing a good job uh, with it in, in just, you know, a year and then just a, a you know, partial year this year. So, um, you know, we plan to be back next year and hope that, uh, you know, things go a little better than, uh, than what, what happened this year. I had an opportunity to speak with Jill Byrne this morning just to kind of get caught up on, on some of these events. And we understand uh, the backstretch. At first, they were kind of working with a, with a certain time frame, but now they've extended it, um, basically trying to take care of, of you know, what's going to be a quick ship out. Uh, what do you do? What are you doing this morning at Colonial? Or uh, where do you go from here? What do you do now? Well, it's it's really gotten a little more complicated than we expected because um, we were told that uh, we had to be out of Colonial within a week, but yet uh, tracks like Delaware and um, even Fairhill um, this morning put out uh, emails saying that uh, horses that were stabled or people that were stabled at Colonial will not be allowed in. Uh, to Delaware or Fair, Fairhill for 14 days. So I've been fighting that battle uh, all morning, trying to get something straightened out to where, you know, our plan is to test our people, uh, which we're setting that up right now, and then to quarantine the people that were there for 14 days um, before we send them anywhere. And as far as the horses go, you know, there should be no restrictions on the horses. And that's what I've been discussing with both uh, Delaware and Fairhill to clarify that uh, there's, there's just, there's really no reason to, to put restrictions on horses. And, um, although Delaware is, is giving me a hard time about it. Um, Fairhill is, is going to allow us to bring horses in as, as uh, Mammoth also is going to let us bring horses but not people so the the plan right now is to bring some of my horses that were at colonial into fairhill and monmouth um and uh, and then we'll be quarantining our people uh for 14 days after they get tested yeah well uh, certainly difficulties but um you know, we uh, and we apologize. You know, sorry for for you having to go through this. And but you know, we certainly enjoy your presence at the meet and enjoy your horses at the meet. And um, you know, looking forward to to bringing you back in twenty twenty one. And uh, good luck. I mean, we're fans fans of your racing stable here more than me and uh, collected a lot of winners <laughs> here but that's that would that's not the most important thing here it's it's just uh, hope everybody stays safe and uh, we appreciate you coming on 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 a difficult Saturday morning well no I, I appreciate it and then you know the one of the one of the main reasons that we uh, have such a strong presence is thanks to uh, David Ross um, who is uh, involved in the Colonial, uh, the the racetrack itself? Um, leading and, owner, yep. Yeah, he's leading owner, and um, he always, you know, targets his horses for that meet. So it was really disappointing for him because uh, you know he he was leading owner last year. He's leading owner this year, starting out, and we had several more that we had targeted uh, to run in uh, more of the races throughout the meet. So uh, David is also very, very disappointed that, uh, you know, uh, the meet is not going to continue. We, we were actually hoping that they would be able to, and we suggested that they uh, do like a two-week pause in the meet 
as Del, uh, Delmar did when they had the positives uh, on the jockeys. But I guess uh, Colonial wasn't able to pull it off. They said because of uh, staffing issues. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure exactly what all that entailed. But that that was the suggestion that yeah. uh, that that I had mentioned to them. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a tricky meet being so short and so remote sometimes uh, and and seasonal. Um, but yeah, it would have been it, it, you you can you can see where they're going with that too. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, bitter bitter end to the meet. But um, Mike, we appreciate you coming on this morning. Good luck, and we'll be following you yeah. um, off track. Okay, well, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, like I say, we're looking forward to next year and. Uh, We'll be back, uh, hopefully uh, stronger and, and, and better than we were this year. Yeah, looking forward to that. Michael Stidham, leading trainer at Colonial Downs, trains horses for D-A-R-R-S Incorporated. That's David Ross, Mr. Perennial, as he's a perennial leading owner at Colonial Downs. Frank Vespi now joins us on Off to the Races. Frank, uh, uh, I don't know if this is the first or second time you're on off to the races this morning. We'll have to figure that one out. But the, um, you know, you've heard through the show. We've sp- spoke with Daryl and, and John Marshall, Scott Silver, now Michael Stidham. Um, you know, just great article on the RacingBiz.com explaining the situation at Colonial Downs. If you haven't seen it uh, so far, you know, just maybe thoughts on on this shutdown and and. You know how, you know where where it kind of sits in in the whole scheme of things. I it's um, if I may speak frankly, Nick. Um, <laughs> I, you already uh, have a few times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, it, it is an unprecedented moment. I think. I mean, obviously, the the whole COVID pandemic is an unpre- unprecedented situation, and. Obviously, one of the things that's happened that I think maybe people don't quite realize is you have jockey colonies, you know, like Scott Silver was talking about last year, Trevor would ride at Laurel in the day and then ride at Colonial at night, and and this year you can't do that. So you have jockey colonies that are are really stretched pretty thin because uh, everybody kind of has to be stuck in one place, whether that's in New Kent, or Laurel, or Delaware, or wherever. And so when you get a situation like this, you know, I was talking with Frank Petromala from the Horsemen's Association last night, and and he, he basically said, you know, we're going to run out of jockeys pretty soon because you, you've got some positive. You have, obviously, McCarthy's out. You've got some other positives that took place. And you have a recommendation that that those who were exposed, even if they were negative, quarantined. So you, you have a situation where you it's just stretched too thin. There's no uh, no ability to race, and and so it's really a difficult situation. And you feel you feel for guys like Stidham, who was talking about the the challenges he has moving a string someplace else. But you really, especially feel for those trainers, you know, the caring godsees of the world who who this is what they point to all year long is they get their horses ready for colonial and that's what they're doing. And, and then it, the rug gets pulled out from under them, but it, it is. A, and you made this point earlier. It's nobody's fault. It's just a terrible situation. Yeah. And, and, and I have had a chance to talk to only a few Virginia horsemen. Um, and, and while the meat's important I, and, and don't want to diminish it by any means, this residency program has been served it serves just a vital role in, in rejuvenating many of these outfits. I, I spoke with Patrick Noosh this morning a few moments, and um, you know while he's disappointed, he was gearing up. He had a lot of horses that he intended. He had two on Monday that he was looking to to start uh, some young horses and bring some older ones back. You know he he still cites that residency program as as being important to Virginia horsemen. Frank, um, just before we get to Derby Bill here, uh, you know, just anything else on the closure of Colonial Downs, any other news in the Mid-Atlantic? I, you know, there's lots of stuff going on, uh, as there always is. 
that's probably the biggest story right now is, is the Colonial Down situation. Uh, one other story I will very quickly point to, though, we just kicked off a new kind of Where Are They Now series, and, and uh, Linda Doherty wrote a story about Ben Perkins Sr. I think a lot of racing fans are familiar with Ben Jr., who's a trainer at Monmouth Park. Ben Sr. was a trainer for years, won a bunch of bunch of important races a pretty fun story there and uh, worth checking out on the racingbiz.com ben perkins senior the horses keep me young he's 86 years old and not training anymore but still involved in the game so uh, pretty neat to see and and maybe a little bit of an antidote to kind of the gloom of the colonial situation yeah yeah check that out on the racingbiz.com uh Thanks a lot, Frank. Or maybe I'm Frank. I can't remember anymore. Uh, on off to the races this morning. And, uh, we'll... Thanks for having me. And we'll talk <laughs> I'm Nick Hahn. I'm Nick Hahn. I've... But, yeah, that's uh, Frank joining us on off to the races. Derby Bill joins us now. Wanted to get into some handicapping. Derby Bill, um, I know we're a little behind here. Racing news, uh, when when a meet like Colonial, our meet gets shut down, it takes away a little bit from the handicapping but we got some great stakes races at saratoga today we can still handicap we can still play through the account wagering and um thanks for joining us of course on in your regular time slot off to the races let's maybe get right to it uh starting with the alabama a field of seven going to the gate this race is at 5:43. you might have the tv uh where to watch ready for this uh where are we going to watch swiss skydiver even money um with thoughts on the alabama what do you say now frank nick Frank Dick. <laughs> if I, it's the, the curse of uh, Michael McCarthy. <laughs> and I'm confused today, but it's uh, you know it's called Derby Fever for me. Unfortunately, bad wording for uh, Saratoga Derby Day. Uh, you're talking Alabama Swiss skydiver here. Uh, uh, second, just real second solid horse here. If you're going for an upset here, this is on NBC, and it's a win in your end, the Breeders' Cup to staff, which the Breeders' Cup is still a go so far. Uh, environmental, Ken McPeak owns both these horses as a key. So Swiss Sky Diver, Diver the five and the one environmental if you're playing a, a multi-wager. Uh, just use Ken McPeak's both of his horses. In the Alabama a race before is the uh, Saratoga Derby, the uh, race for three-year-olds, five hundred thousand on the line here. Uh, you have decorated and Vader, very decorated, seven to five in the morning line, and uh, Gufu. I know that's one of your favorite horses. Uh, I kind of like Field Pass here. I still that, that horse just kind of keeps churning and earning for me. Uh, six to one. I like that price. What are your thoughts on the Saratoga Derby? The yeah, I had this uh, targeted as the uh, 500,000K Virginia Derby, but they changed the name to Saratoga for some reason on me. Uh, the NBC will feature this one today, too. Also, both races are on Saratoga Derby and the Alabama are on NBC 5 to 6 today as Virginia's pouring, so it's a good day to watch TV. Decorated Invader, big story there is Christophe Clement has Decorated Invader and Gupo. Uh, they're just a big quality, both of these horses. They should battle each other, and I see them. I'm using them both in the exactus, so it's kind of a trainer day today. Christopher Clement in the Saratoga Derby, and Ken McPeak in the Saratoga uh, in the Alabama. So, uh, decorated invader could have easily won the Virginia Derby, Nick. Yeah, would love to see him. Would have loved to see him here. I'm still speaking in the present tense. Uh, the Mammoth has the last Derby prep race. We'll know very much about what the Kentucky Derby looks like in a finalized format uh, after today with their Pegasus 150,000 uh, in purse money here. What are your thoughts for the uh, for the Pegasus? Yeah, it'll be on TVG. Pegasus, the Monmouth Park uh, Road to the Derby Finale nightcap in my uh, world uh, is led by a horse. Uh, I got a side tip from your jockey there in the studio, a horse called Jesus Team. Jesus <laughs> Team here. Uh, this yeah. horse I think is, that's uh, Jesus, but yeah. <laughs> destined for higher things. Jesus Team <laughs> in this race. 
and he's a very good horse. He's 29th in points for the Kentucky Derby. So we could have a Jesus in the Kentucky Derby, and man, we need it this year. And that's and that's so. Thanks, uh, Derby Bill. Your selections will have a lot more next week and a lot more as the Derby approaches. Want to thank Daryl Wood, John Marshall, Scott Silver, Michael Stidham, Frank Vespi, and of course Derby Bill Watson. Mitchell, great job on the board uh, as always for off to the races. Uh, sorry to have to put on this show this week, but. Um, <laughs> Colonial will rebound, and there'll be other horse races, and uh, we'll bounce back from this. Uh, Tune in next week on Off to the Races, post time, 10 o'clock next Saturday. From the Chief Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg.